Welcome to Minding My Black-Owned Business, Women in Business Podcast. I am your host, Kat English. This space was cultivated to celebrate and highlight successful, dope Black women entrepreneurs in a community who represents the culture. You cannot feel and understand real power unless you feel and understand what it means to empower. Greetings to all our guests and listeners who are viewing and tuning into today's episode. Today, we have a special guest from the community that will share their information about their business, what inspired them to get started, and more information about community giving and nonprofit organizations. Today, we have the pleasure of having Ms. Tammy Darmel Moore founder and president of Footprints in Africa, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is committed to aiding to the people of Africa in poverty-stricken communities with necessities needed to maintain quality of life. Welcome. First of all, let me just say thank you once again for having me here. It's always an honor to be able to speak on the mission and vision of Footprints in Africa to have an audience that I wouldn't otherwise have had it not been for folks such as yourself. So again, thank you. Um, As you just stated, Footprints in Africa is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means when you guys give, make donations, whether monetary or actually tangible items, you can actually write it off as tax deductible. So we're a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is committed to aiding the people of Africa And so when you hear Africa, you're thinking, well, I'm in the States. What does that have to do with me? Well, keep in mind, these are individuals in rural areas and poverty-stricken areas that need very little as it relates to who we are as people here in the States that will actually make a difference. So my trip in 2019 propelled me to actually do something. Um, Like I say, very little goes a long ways in Africa. And so... This nonprofit here is actually doing those things for the least of thee. We have programs, projects, core initiatives that actually help others have a sustainable way of living. You started this mission because of your trip to Africa. Was this a mission trip or was this just a vacation trip? Oh, it was personal. Just a straight up vacation trip. I told myself that once my last child graduated from college that I was going to see the world. I don't need any more shoes, any more persons. I've got the Louis Vuittons and the Rolexes and all that stuff. That's that's actually stuff. My closet is falling in with things. And so the plan was to travel, see the world, not buy any more items that don't have value. And so I did that. And then by 2019, I'd already been to four continents and like Mm. 30 countries. And so in 2019, I hit Ethiopia, which is my first African country. And folks were like, why are you just not going to Africa on all the traveling you've been doing? Well, I wanted to go during the year return, and I'm not sure who all is familiar with that, but the year return is actually when those in Africa welcome African-Americans back to the motherland. They Mm -hmm. want us to come back. They want us to see what's going on. They actually want us to come and actually set up dwelling, whether it be, uh, you know, by citizenship or actually come back home for good. And so I said, instead of just going to, those popular places in Africa, such as Ghana, everybody knows about Ghana and South Africa, which are beautiful locations, but I wanted to go to the original Africa, which is Ethiopia. Ethiopia was in existence well before these 54 countries we know today. Um, Ethiopia is the original Africa, the beginning of all mankind, all civilization. They have the skeletal remains in their museum to prove it. 
And so if you're, uh, you know, a Bible scholar, you believe in um, the word, it's in your Bible, pick it up. Ethiopia is the original. It's actually referred to as Alkibulon, which is the name of our online store. I'll go ahead and throw that out there as well. And so I visited Ethiopia in 2019. Mind you, I've been to a lot of places. This is the first place where I actually took my shoes off because I wanted the soles of my feet to touch the ground. The very first place, and I've been to a lot of places. And so the people there, the food, um, the interaction, truly like kindred spirits, as if I was with family. Now, mind you, I'd never been to Africa, but I felt like I was with family, although I couldn't speak all the different languages that they speak. We were able to communicate because we people, you know how we do, you know, we have the, the body language, the hand gestures, the eye contact, the facial expressions, same thing, same mm -hmm. thing, just that they're, you know, they don't have the privileges we have. They don't have the material things that we have in remote areas of Africa. So I don't want to put out there that Africa is completely poor and they're so behind time because there are rich places in Africa. Just so happened, my nonprofit aids those in poverty-stricken areas. And so to answer your question, it was a personal trip to Ethiopia, um, just enjoying myself, taking in the world, seeing what the world has to offer. And I fell in love with the people in the continent there and came back home and started a nonprofit. But what propelled the nonprofit was I was in three days in the bush in Ethiopia for two weeks, three days in the bush, and a little girl asked me for the Nike Air Max I had on my feet. And so I looked down at her feet. She had on shoes, but they were very worn. And actually one, one foot was protruding out of her shoe and the other one was fine, but they looked like the shoes would give out any day now. They were so thin and worn. And um, I was about five miles from the van I was riding and there was no way I'd give this kid my, my shoes and walk back to the van in rough rural terrain area. No grass, a bunch of dirt, and gravel, tweeds here and there. You know, we're not accustomed to walking on that type of landscape, whereas they are. And so I felt bad about it. You know, here I am telling a child no to a pair of shoes. We're not talking about candy. We're not talking about playing video games all day long. We're talking about a pair of shoes. And so when I got back to the States, that thing stayed with me that I had told a child they couldn't have my shoes when I could clearly see they needed them. And so when I got back here, I started gathering the shoes that I didn't want so that I could take them back to Ethiopia my next trip. And lo and behold, COVID would hit. March 18, 2020, the state of South Carolina was closed down along with other states. And I'm in South Carolina, naturally. Um, and I said, you know what? Instead of me hitting my thumbs together, because I'm a make things happen kind of gal, I'm a doer. I said, instead of me hitting my thumbs together, what I'll do is reach out to family members, friends, um, those that I know that are also cleaning out their closets and their garages during this pandemic because we can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. And so in less than two weeks, I had over 100 pairs of shoes just from reaching out to family members and friends. I didn't use social media. Again, within two weeks, I had more than 100 pairs of shoes. Hence mm -hmm. how Footprints in Africa was formed because I saw more footprints than I saw shoe prints while in the bush. That's amazing. Thank you. That was the driving force with how you got started. Mm -hmm. How do you continue to take action being in South Carolina and your mission and purpose of your nonprofit organization is in Africa? That's a good question. Because when I first started, folks thought I was absolutely crazy. We were dealing with this pandemic. And of course, none of us knew anything about COVID. 
Um, you know, we've heard the word pandemic, but we don't know the extent of it at, at that time. And um, they were like, well, shoot, we need help. You might help people in Africa. We don't know how long this thing going to be here. And then folks started dying. It was ongoing. We thought, you know, it's probably going to last a few days, a week, a month at the latest, you know, at the most. And here we are in three years in almost, and we're still dealing with COVID. And so I say that to say my life's journey, my corporate experience, 20 plus years business development, Lean Six Sigma Black Belt, um, working with nonprofits throughout my community, I served on the American Council Society Board for 10 years for the Southeast region, not just South Carolina, but the Southeast region. Um, Help with Meals on Wheels, um, Salvation Army, United Ministries, took up a huge fundraising with different companies that I work with to make sure that adults actually were able to receive their GED. And we paid the cost. So I've always been a doer. I've always been a pillar in my community. And so I say, you know what? This latter years, all that I've done in my community thus far in the States, I'm going to take these relationships that I've cultivated. I'm going to take this corporate experience that I've had um, and, and put the, those two sets in my pocket and do something for my people in Africa. So I'm drawing from experience. Mm -hmm. I already have a servant's heart. I'm drawing from experience. I'm drawing from what I'm made of already. And I'm taking those same skill sets and applying them to what I'm trying to do over in Africa. But of course, there are some, there are some boundaries, I would say, because I'm here in the States. And of course, we're talking about another continent, not just another area, another continent. But I was, I was already traveling. Remember I said that I was already traveling. The, the goal was to see the world when my youngest child graduated from college. I'd already hit four continents in 30 something countries. So this I'm in a groove now traveling. I'm in a groove of you know talking with folks that don't look like me, that don't sound like me. We don't necessarily have the same background. We don't necessarily eat the same foods. Um, my dad is a veteran. So, you know, I've lived in Germany. You know, I have that military background. My mom, like, like most African-American families, have a, a big mom in their family that will take anyone in. So I come from that foundation. I come from that foundation of aiding and loving on others. You can have one eye, one tooth. It don't matter to me. We can grin and talk all day long. It's just a part of who I am. And so that corporate makeup, that business development, 20 plus years, nonprofit experience with big names such as the United Ministries and Meals on Wheels and American Council Society has prepared me for a time such as this. And I'm running with it. Yes, you are. And you have such a strong, rich foundation of giving and charity. And I think that's amazing. Thank you. What are your goals for your nonprofit organization? Well, I just rolled off some names, some boards that I've sat on for years. You know, American Cancer Society, 10 years. I rolled off because of Footprints in Africa. I wanted to give this my full focus. Eventually, I would love for Footprints in Africa to be a household name because this work is so much bigger than me. I can't do it alone. I need the support of others. There's just no way around it, you know? I'm the founder of this organization, the visionary behind the, the mission and vision of this organization, but it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the people. We have to do this collectively. And so I want to get the people in Africa, those that live in poverty-stricken areas, to be able to stand on their own feet. That's why the programs and projects that we implement, they're not just impactful. 
it's easy to roll out something that's impactful that's going to make a difference, especially when they have so little there. So you can easily come up with something that's going to really make a difference. Um, but will it be sustainable? Mm. So long after I'm gone, the folks there have to be able to stand on their own feet. Otherwise, I've set them up for failure. I put them in a position where they have to rely on others. And we're not about that. It's about impactfulness and sustainability. And so some of the programs that we have in place today does exactly that. Like our online store. It's bigger than us just selling something, trying to turn a profit. It's about preserving the skill craftsmanship of Africa, making way for our brothers and sisters there to provide for their families, housing, clothing, food, making education possible for their children. And I say all that to say everything in our online store, except our brand items, such as T-shirts and hats and things, which is about 2% of our, our inventory. Mm-hmm. The other 98% comes directly from the motherland. We buy directly from those who are sitting out to help. That puts them in a position where they're using their own skill sets to provide for their family. So we're not stripping them of dignity and pride. We're not going there taking over a water bottle and once they drink that water, they're still thirsty. It defeats the purpose. So we're putting them in a position where they can actually take care of themselves Last year alone, well, not last year, last year was 2022, 2021, we bought online items for our store from 37 out of the 54 African countries. So just imagine that. We bought from 37 countries out of 54, and we're not even three years old. At the time, we weren't even two years old. And so some of those people are on repeat because some things are like, you know, staple items like our motherland earrings come from Kenya. And so those are on repeat. We buy from that young lady on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't just buy from them. We know their story. I can tell you who's married, how many children they have. Um, I can tell you whose parent just passed, um, what's going on in the local area, because I take the time to get to know the people that we're working with. That's beautiful. And with that, they are able to build more trust and that alliance with you all. So that's that's really, really amazing. Um, could you give us more details about your core initiatives and um, programs? Sure. Um, I just named one of the core initiatives, which is to preserve the skill craftsmanship of Africa. And we recently named our online store because we've been saying online store forever. And because it's pretty much how others outside of my community, outside of upstate South Carolina knows about us, because they shop, you know, people find out about something really cool, they share it. So we have people buying from up north, on the West Coast. We have traveling nurses. I mean, people buy from everywhere. Got an order from um, Idaho. I'm like, Idaho? Who in the world buying from Idaho? African stuff. Well, she's a traveling nurse. And one of her nurse girlfriends told her about us. And so the word is spreading. I said, you know what? I've got to name this online store something other than saying online store. And so we named it Alki Bulan. Footprints in Africa's Cultural Emporium, a place where you can shop the continent of Africa, all 54 countries under one roof. And when you do so, you help preserve the skill craftsmanship of Africa. That's my spiel. I can give that to you in less than five minutes in the elevator and give you a card and walk off. (laughs) So that's one of the core initiatives. Another one is educating our local community and those that follow us on social media on the culture, history, and traditions of Africa. 
So no, most nonprofits, when they reach out to you, they want a donation. They want you to give something. And so folks kind of run from that. But what we're doing is sewing back into our community. We're educating you along the way. If you follow us on social media, on Sundays, we share a, pla- a, a, a post that says, dispelling the myths and unveiling the truths. Normally, it's a candle with a, with a light. Mm-hmm. We bring a light to a subject matter. That's on Sundays. On Mondays, we do an African proverb because um, proverbs are very essential to the African culture. I mean, it's helped our, our, our people for generations um, encourage and motivate to get through some very, very dark times. So we really value African proverbs here at Footprints in Africa. And so on Mondays, we do African proverbs. On Tuesdays, we do Truth Bearer Tuesday. And so we have a, a bronze lady that's holding a, a water canister and she's kind of tilting water out and she's bearing the truth. That's on Tuesday. On Wednesday, it's Wow Wednesday. Um, and that's usually about something that's taking place in Africa, any part of Africa, news-wise, on global news on Wednesday. And then on Thursday is thought-provoking Thursday. On Friday, we go back to another African proverb. Um, on Saturday, it's sell something Saturday. So we highlight something from our online store. And then Sunday, we're back around to dispelling myths and unveiling truths. Now, that's normally our seven-day layout. But every now and again, something will come up. Like today is International um, Forest Day. And so what we did today, because, you know, who knows that? I would have known that had I not been doing the work that I'm doing um, in in this this realm of aiding those in Africa. So it's International Forest Day. And so what we did was we teamed up with um, Conservation International and we actually sponsored an acre of forest land in Africa to protect it from being. Um, destroyed. You know, some of the, the forests are inhabited other than animals. And so if nobody lives in that area, it's easy for the locals to let it just go down. They're, they're more concerned about eating themselves and taking care of themselves. So nobody's really concerned about those areas that there's no humans living in. And so we have a lot of land that's deteriorating. And uh, keep in mind, those are where our elephants are, um, you know, monkeys and, and those things that make Africa so beautiful. And so when I heard about this, we paid for one acre of land in Africa, forest land, um, to be taken care of. And so we footed that bill, took care of that. And um, in honor of International Forest Day, we made that announcement today, as opposed to our traditional um, announcement we would have done. So every now and again, we kind of go off go off path, but for good reasons. From my experience working for uh, nonprofit organizations, it is extremely difficult <laughs> in raising funds and getting everything that you need. It, it takes a lot. And I just want to commend you for all of your hard work and your team and the communities that you have tapped into to get the outpouring of support. Um, what other ways have you tried to get funding for your nonprofit organization? I'm big in um, not asking someone to do something I'm not willing to do. Mm. And so keep in mind, we started during the pandemic, which, which was already difficult for everyone. So for me to ask folks for money and send the money outside of the USA, people already looking at you like, say what now? No one eye up, one eye down. Like, okay, I don't mind helping, but you're going to do what with the money? 
And so I try to, when I do programs and projects, if you move a person's heart, you move their hand. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so it can't be a bunch of fluff. For example, we have a program called um, Life Gardens. It's in Kenya. And so there's a group of children, people as a whole, but we start with children, that moves the heart. It's not that the need isn't there. The need is there for everyone. But start with the children first and get people's attention. So in Kenya, we adopted 12 schools. Mind you, we're a new nonprofit. We don't have a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. But my makeup, who we are as a race of people, we know how to take a little something and make something happen. We, we know that. As, as black people, we know how to take a little of something and make something happen. Mm-hmm. As women, I don't even need to say how we can take something and make something happen. And so we started with the 12 schools in Kenya. I said, I'm going to do some people. Say, Why do you do 12? That's a lot. Why do you do 12? Mm-hmm. The 12 disciples, biblical principles, you know, um, the 12 commandments. We're going to do 12. It's going to work out. We're doing good things here. Those that do good do well. I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to work out. I'm going to do all I can do, and I'm going to lead the rest to him. And when you tell folks that, oh, if she believe it like that, I'm going to blow it too. What you need me to do? But you got you to gotta be willing to do what you're asking others to do. And you can't move with hesitation and with doubt. Uh, with uncertainty, although you don't know how the end results are going to be. You got to lead by example. I'm big on that. Mm-hmm. And so with our 12 gardens, with our 12 schools, we took those students, those 12 schools, we provided a life garden for each school. And the reason why we say life garden, because it's literally giving them life. They eat from it. They take those natural um, crops and they make medicine. I don't know how to make medicine from my surroundings. But keep in mind, this is generations and generations of our ancestral um, knowledge. They know how to do a lot of stuff with their hands. They can cultivate the land like no other. They just don't have the resources they need. So someone such as myself, tell my friends, post it on social media, put it on our website and say, hey, this is what I need. $300 takes care of an entire garden for one school. $300 for one school. Mm-hmm. I want to do 12 schools. I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to pay the first $300. You know, what you pay for? I'm leading by example. I'm going to sponsor the first school. Mm-hmm. Put that out there. People start to follow you. Let them know, hey, you can sponsor in your business name. Because you want the buy-in from your community, the, the corporate buy-in from your community. When people see places where they shop every day and people they patronize every day actually support what you're doing. I might need to look at that again. Tammy may be onto something if such and such is, is, is supporting her. You know, yeah. um, the main thing is leading by example, not asking someone to do something that you don't want to do. And then, although everyone's not able to make a monetary donation, give them other ways they can support because it all comes out in the wash. Like on our website, we have six impactful ways in which you can get involved. You can become a member, also known as a goodwill advocate. You can partner with us. They could be skill sets, um, volunteer your time. I mean, you name it. Whatever you have that you can bring to the table other than money, let's talk about it. So you can become a partner. Partner with us. I'm sorry. You can become a member. 
also known as a goodwill advocate. You can partner with us, make a donation, volunteer your time, start a work campaign, get the word out. Anybody can tell folks who we are and what we do. That's helping us. When you help us get the word out, share the mission and vision of Footprints in Africa with others, that goes a long way. Six yeah. ways in which you can get involved. And you, you haven't even left the States. You don't even have to travel to Africa. Although we hope you plan to do so if you're yet to visit the motherland. If there are any listeners out there that want to contribute to coming out to support, how would they go about that process? Oh, thank you for asking. Again, there's so many ways you can get involved. I just named six impactful ways without you even traveling to Africa. Um, if you don't have financial means to give right now, there were five other ways that you could get involved. One of our annual community projects is called Souls for Africa, which is what actually propelled us into starting this organization. So every year, starting with the spring, April 1st, which is right around the corner, we do a community outreach program called Souls for Africa. We ask the community to get involved, donate your gently used shoes, like new gently used shoes, because we don't want to give anybody anything that we don't want to wear. And so those shoes that you have at home that you're not wearing, those shoes you bought and, and they're too little, they don't look as good as you thought they would look, we'll take them. Throughout the upstate of South Carolina, we have drop-off locations called community partners. Now, mind you, these folks haven't given a dime. They're called community partners. They're business owners. They've given us space inside their place of business. We bring color-coordinated tubs and literature in their place of business. We put them over to the side, wherever they feel like the tub needs to go, you know, that's convenient for them as the business owner. Mm -hmm. You as the community bring your gently used shoes. You leave them in the bin. You grab a piece of literature. You leave. So our community partners are not inundated with a bunch of questions or disrupting their day-to-day -day business. Ben is there, the literature is there. You as a community person that wants to actually, you know, contribute to what we're doing, you leave your shoes. If you want to, you grab the literature and you can call us with the information that's on the flyer. And there we have two people involved. The community partner, which gave their business space, a small space over in the corner with, with our tub. And then you as a community resident that has given a pair of shoes. So for those of you that are listening, if you're in upstate South Carolina, we are accepting shoes for three consecutive months. We kick it off during the spring because folks are spring cleaning April 1st through the end of June, April, May, June. If you are not in upstate South Carolina and you'd like to make a donation of your gently used like new shoes, our information is on our website where you can mail those shoes. It's on every social media platform. And we can even give that information to you in the comments here after this, um, this, this live. Awesome. Yes. We will put all of the details in the show notes so that our viewers and listeners will be able to support you in your nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. That is such, it, that is amazing. Amazing. When I came across, um, your website and all of your details for the nonprofit organization, I said, this is something very different very different. I've never heard of a nonprofit organization whose mission is to care to say to care about the safety and the livelihood of the community. You actually care about them and their how they live, how they get around. 
their needs, necessities, everything. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Amazing. We actually rolled out a legacy scholarship as well. We're paying for a young man's education in the Gambia. And so he's in his third year. And as he nears the end of that third year, we'll add someone else. Um, so that's the legacy scholarship. So I'm really big on being educated, but I understand education isn't for everyone. Yeah. But in Africa, it's so important that they have a skill set that can take them outside of their daily confines, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, here in the States, there's so many other things we can do if we're not educated, but that's not the case for them, you know, there. Um, in addition to our legacy scholarship, we also have um, an initiative called Igniting Dreams. And so this is where we actually source those that have a God-given talent. It's obvious. They're so talented. They have the work ethic, but for whatever reason, their finances um, are hindering them from going to the next level. So when you have a business, you have to pour into your business in order to take it to the next level. You have to invest in your business. Um, there's no way around it. And so for them, their main thing is, where am I going to sleep? What am I going to eat? Do I have the uniform dues for my child to stay in school? I mean, they're, they're worried about real things. And so as we you know, come across different individuals when we travel to Africa, um, it's kind of hard not to recognize the winners from the start. You know, you know when somebody has this thing about them, they've got that special spark. And so I make it my business sit and chat with individuals and find out what they have going on other than the obvious, other than what I can see. And so um, one young man, he is a sailor in Gambia, and he was responsible for taking us back and forth from the inland out to Kuntukete's Island. And the whole time he was singing and rapping the whole time. And so we got back for lunch. He finally made it known after me asking more than once that he wants to be a rapper. That that's his passion. He only works on the boat because it makes him money so he can take care of his family. And so um, I asked him, what did he need? He needs studio time. He needs studio time so he can get his music out. Everyone in Gambia knows him, but no one outside the Gambia knows him. Long story short, I knew then that I was going to take care of his studio time, but I wasn't going to tell him on the spot. I got back to the States. Listen to this. I wired him $100. That paid for three sessions in the studio. Mm. It paid for his music video and an outfit. When I tell you money goes a long way in Africa, in the rural parts, it truly goes a long way. The young man um, who we're paying for his education, one year tuition is less than one of my Louis Vuitton purses. I was convicted to know that I'm carrying a bag that I could be paying for almost two people to go to school, for, to college. That's a problem. That's a problem. Um, we have two recipients for Igniting Dreams. We have not rolled out our third one yet. This is June, June 2nd will be three years for us that we've been in existence. Well, we're not three years old yet. So we'll be three years old this year and we'll... We haven't found anyone yet for our Igniting Dreams. I have someone in, in mind, but I've got so many other things going on. Mm -hmm. But our second recipient was a young man from Nigeria, living black. Unfortunately, he has since passed. But this guy, oh my goodness, absolutely talented. We um, paid for his marketing material. He was already doing concerts and all this good stuff. He was you know, pretty much on his way. Um, 
up for different awards in, in Nigeria. Like we had the BET Hip Hop Awards and all that kind of stuff. He was up for four awards year before last. And last year, he ended up um, being diagnosed with a, a pancreatic disease mm-hmm. where he needed, um, I'm sorry, not a pancreatic disease, um, a lung disease. He needed a lung. And so he needed a bilateral lung. Um, he ended up passing. But before then, we commissioned him to write our theme song. And so his very last project was Footprints in Africa's theme song. And so for those of you that are interested in hearing it, go to our um, social media platforms on all platforms. But um, you'll see it a lot on Facebook because that's where he and I met. Mm-hmm. And so our theme song was written by Lemon Black, um, award-nominated um, artists, very well known in Nigeria. And so we have the honor of having his last project to be ours. And so we did a private screening of Black Panther on the end of last year in November. And we opened it up with that theme song honoring him um, during our event. It just went over so well. Just a beautiful time to be able to showcase him in such a way and roll out our theme song at the same time. So when we do stuff, it's always about giving back to Africa. Even our website was done by someone in Africa. So anytime I can find a way to sew back into someone in Africa, I do so. It's not always the case, but I would say 95, 97% of the time, mm-hmm. I always go back to someone in Africa. That's, that's amazing. Mm. Wow. My condolences to the um, to young man. Thank you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. But I, I truly appreciate you for all of your time and commitment that you have poured into this community. Wow. By chance, do you know um, how many people you have touched, you have helped? It's so ongoing. I appreciate you asking that question. In Kenya, with just our lifeguards alone, because keep in mind, I'm lean Six Sigma Black Belt, so I'm big on numbers and all that kind of stuff. So we were told 1,200, based on the information I was given, 1,200 would benefit from my gardens. And after us doing two gardens, we were already at over 1,000 people we were feeding a day. Several meals a day, not just a day, several meals a day. So I'm trying to figure out how in the world are we at a, over 1,000 people already at two gardens when I was told 12 would feed 1,500. They said, oh, we forgot to tell you. The word has gotten around throughout the village that uh, an American is providing gardens for the schools. So people are sending their kids back to school now. People were, were, because of COVID, people were not sending their kids to school. And so because of our life garden project, not only did we make it where the children could have a nutritious meal several times a day and learn bioagricultural training, we paid for that. Bioagricultural training, everybody got a certification once they completed the course. So to answer your question, we're feeding over 5,000 children several meals a day in Kenya alone. Now, keep in mind, the school officials, the school teachers, the principal, they eat as well. The gardens are at the schools. And then the kids have gone back and told their parents what they're learning in school. And so now the parents have reached out to us with testimonies that you'll see on our social media platforms. They now have what we call box gardens in their windowsill. 
where they started a small garden basically taught the kids at school. And so, you know, older people, adults, they're kind of hard to change their mindset when they're accustomed to doing things a certain way. And so when you start with children, they're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, willing to learn something new. And once they're eager to come to school, eager to, to see what we're going to be taught about the gardens, and the parents can see that, now you got their attention. And so that's just been a domino effect. So for Kenya, with the lifeguards alone, over 5,000 souls with that. And then we have um, what we call, we sell tea, herbal tea that comes directly from Kenya. People don't realize most of the tea here in the States comes from Africa. They think it comes elsewhere. So when you see those big brand names on that box of tea in your cabinets, that's not theirs. They bought it. They stuck their logo on it. Most of the tea comes from Africa, Kenya to be exact. And they're normally paid pennies on a dollar. And so we partnered up with Just Tea. Just Tea, who goes by Fair Wage, they're part of the Fair Wage community, um, that they pay these farmers a fair wage for the work they do. And they've earned it. It's, it's their skill sets that bring this tea forward. So we sponsored that project. We sell the tea on our website. Because of that, we employ over 300 women that are actually farming the land for that tea. And then on each can of tea, there's a wild olive spoon that's been hand-carved by olive wood. It takes an artesian, which is a skilled craftsman. It takes an artesian an hour to make one spoon. We pay that artesian, we have several of them, a fair wage to make that spoon. So just that program alone, celebrating the, the black tea farmer Kenya, there's 300 women working out in the field, and then we have anywhere from 7 to 10 artesians making the spoons. That's over 300 people right there for that project. And as I stated earlier, we buy all of our items, with the exception of our brand items, on our website, Alki Boulon, directly from Africa. And then year before last, we bought from 37 out of the 54 countries, and some of those individuals on repeat. Um, and we've been doing this, we're going into our third year, June 2nd, we'll be three years old. So our store has been fluent, I would say, for a little over two years. When we first got started, we only had T-shirts. So I would say for a little over two years, we've been pretty fluent with um, our online marketplace. And we're going into Amazon. We're in the process of getting everything done for that. Amazon was so taken with us. They said, you don't need to just sell on Amazon. You need an Amazon store. And those, are two, those are two <laughs> different things. And so prayerfully, we'll be up and running strong with Amazon by this summer. Um, it's already been approved. We already have our dashboard. But we don't have anything on the site. So we haven't announced it yet. You guys are the first to know. Awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Wow. So with those projections and everything that you have going on now in place for the future, where do you see Footprints in Africa in five years? In five years, I would hope that Footprints in Africa is a brand name. It's slowly but surely getting out there. Um, last year, I really focused on getting interviews and making sure I was sharing the mission and vision with those outside of my immediate community, you know, upstate South Carolina. And um, we got to the end of the year, November, December, the phone was just ringing. I was no longer trying to get an interview. They were calling. We went into January with four interviews on the calendar in January. And 
the phone continues to ring. I did my first speaking gig in February, Black History Month, in front of 100 students that ideally want to be nonprofit founders, that want to make a living of serving others. And so I don't know if you're familiar with this organization called Multiplying Good. They're an organization that strictly works with nonprofits, founders, and those that want to be um, nonprofit leaders that are already doing good in the community. And so they saw, saw an interview or something I did and reached out to me and asked me to speak during their um, conference. They have a conference twice a year, and I kicked off their first conference during Black History Month, and I had the ability of speaking to 100-plus budding nonprofit founders that have either just started a nonprofit or are looking to start one. So I had the privilege of pouring into these young individuals mm-hmm. and keeping it 100 with them about the, the work that comes with being of service to other people. You know, it has to be bigger than making money. It has to be bigger than you wanting to be seen. Um, the mission and vision has to be bigger than yourself because we're talking about the livelihood of other people. And it doesn't necessarily come with a lot of money. So you got to be committed to the process. Mm-hmm. So we had a beautiful dialogue. I was able to give sound counseling back to these individuals. So, so when others on the outside see me for what I'm doing and ask me to come and speak to 100 young folks, that speaks volume. It does. And so this year, I'm really tapping into getting the millennials involved. Um, you know, they tweet, they chat, you know, all that good stuff. And once they're on board, that's another whole generation of, of people. Again, I can't do the work by myself. I'm willing to go the distance, which is our tagline here at Footprints in Africa, going the distance. I'm willing to go the distance, but I have sense enough to know I can't do it by myself. So five years from now, I'm working hard to make certain I do my part to make sure that we're exposed properly to all all masses. We don't discriminate. Um, Genders, races. um, We're exposed properly with integrity. Uh, that we have fruit coming from our tree. We're not just talking. There's evidence of the work that we're doing here. And that others organically, genuinely want to come aboard and help be a part of what we're doing here at Footprints in Africa. So five years from now, we're just flowing. We're, we're, we're flowing five years from now. It's like a river. It's taking us. We're doing the work. We're laying the foundation right now. Yes. Five years from now, I, I'm expecting this thing to be fluent. You know, just 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 organically running. That's the plan. So I'm putting in the work now. Um, that's why I say I'm committed to going the distance. Committed to going the distance. I think anybody can relate to that, whether you're doing a nonprofit or not. Yes. You can adopt that tagline for yourself, going the distance. Awesome. Amazing work. Um, as we get ready to close out today's session. Do you have any encouraging words for the community or those who may be thinking about starting nonprofit organizations? Um, I would say if you're doing any type of service work, whether nonprofit, whether working in your church, uh, whether volunteering different organizations, thank you. You're needed. Um, it takes us rare. <laughs> A rare person, um, a special individual to give back to those you don't know on a personal level. I'll just go ahead and put that out there. 
Um, you don't necessarily get the awards and accolades uh, that others receive for doing other things, um, but it's necessary. You're needed. Um, your gifts and talents are needed. I encourage you not to be discouraged from naysayers. Because when you've been given something, um, others don't have to see it in order for it to be the real deal. It was given to you. So don't worry about what other folks see and don't see and what other folks think and don't think. You operate in excellence with integrity and trust and believe they're watching. They may not be saying anything, but they're watching. And they're watching to see how you move. They're watching to see if it's all that you make it out to be. Are you really doing the work? Are you really making a difference? And eventually you'll get their buy-in. But don't do it for the people. That's number one. And don't do it for awards and accolades. I encourage you to stay the course. Um, my contact information is on all of our social media platforms. You go to our website, which is Footprints with an S in Africa. My contact information is there. If you want to shoot me an email, if you've got a question about something, I'm more than happy to address any question you may have. Um, those in service, we need to be a village for one another. Mm -hmm. If you can't give anything, you can speak into a situation for another individual. That in itself carries a lot of weight. So, thank you for your words. Mm -hmm. I am looking forward to seeing what Footprints in Africa are, is going to be doing in five years. This is so exciting. Um, and good luck to all of the wonderful things that you are doing in those communities. And thank you all for listening and tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe, follow, support Ms. Tammy Darmel from Footprints in Africa. And again, all of the information will be in the show notes. Have a good evening, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.